West Limerick 102. The following is the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 10th of January 2024 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pad O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Tommy Hartigan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Good evening, listeners. It is Wednesday evening once again. It is January the 10th and... I'm glad to be back with you. I wonder are you glad that I'm back with you is really the main question I suppose to be answered. So hopefully if you're awake and feeling well, you might send us in some messages because I had a bit of a hangover there since Christmas time. So we have nothing on our agenda tonight. So I'm waiting for you, the listeners, to text in or send in or phone in, whatever. Jason is waiting for your numbers there to come in. On 0696600, if you, if you would like us to discuss whatever you would like the panel to discuss tonight, our text is 087-166-9800. or 0696600. This program is going out live on this Wednesday night, a little bit on the cold side, depending down in Ratkeel, it was minus one. When I came to Newcastle West, it was plus one and a half, 1.5, goes up and goes down. But I do know this morning it was minus five around these parts, so it was quite cold. Turned out to be a nice, pleasant day. And I met quite a few people there over the Christmas time. They were disappointed that Tom Ryan was missing the last night that we were on here and looking forward to having Tom back and myself back and whatever guests we will have in the new year. Uh, that we do folks and we would also like to hear from you because this program is about you the people of West Limerick and beyond indeed as well so we would like now if you would get that phone in your hand and send us in whatever you would like us to talk about otherwise we'll go silent and you won't hear anything whatsoever but in the meantime a good friend of mine there I called to see him during the Christmas time he was a little ill and he's recovering well, and I got lovely Christmas cake. I think it was his wife made the Christmas cake. It was beautiful Christmas cake. That was John and John O'Grady in Bellier, overlooking the beautiful town of Red Keel. And John had a song request there some time ago, The Working Man I Am, uh, by Cathy Dorkman, but he was a bit unwell that night and missed it. So, so we will play that now for John and Joan. And, uh, it will be a while before she pushes John out in the cold working again. So give him plenty of time to recover and plenty of Christmas cake and he'll be all right, John. So sit back, folks. And in the meantime, we are, I'm waiting for your messages to come in. As I said, we have nothing on our agenda. It is your program about the people and about what's <coughs> happening throughout West Limerick. So we're awaiting your messages. So put a little bit of an effort in, folks, like I hear in many other radio stations are sending messages along fairly non-stop. Silent listeners haven't much good to anybody apart from themselves. Tom, you're very welcome anyhow. Thank you, Pat. Good night to you. And and happy New Year to everybody. Indeed. And also Tommy Hartigan, yeah. you're very welcome. Thank you, Pat. Tommy is an independent candidate, I believe, in yes. the forthcoming election, local elections. 
And another man from the east of the county phoned me back some time back there, about a few weeks ago, that he was standing as a candidate. And I says, fine, you can come on. So on the first night, we are back the 10th of January. And that was all fine. But there's no sign of him yet. Maybe he's on his way. Who knows? And maybe that's him. So we will now, Jason, you can let it swing. And for John and Joan O'Grady, Working Man by Cathy Dorfkin. Due to podcast regulations, we are unable to play that track on this podcast. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, yeah. folks. As I said, we're here on our own tonight, more or less, uh, and we don't have a, nothing on our agenda, so it, it's your program, folks. So we would like messages if you have anything. To We'd like the panel to discuss or pass any comment about us or anything at all. We're, we're game for anything. And my thanks there to my good friend, Ida Hessian, very, very nice lady indeed. And she phoned us up there wishing us happy Christmas and a few more things she said as well. And they were all appreciated, all of them. Now, another message here. Pat, welcome back to County Views for 2024. Best of luck for the new year. Can the panel discuss the current problems with the refugees and how can it be resolved regards James Holmes? You think now, James, that Tom Ryan and Tommy Hartigan and I are going to resolve the problem about refugees and they're talking about it for the past five years, maybe ten years, and it's, it seems to be getting worse. Can the panel give any enlightenment on the new mayoral elections and what will it mean to Lemming City and County Council Service regards James in a tear? Tommy, do you want to talk about uh, the new mayor? Yeah, uh, exciting time for uh, the, the thoughts of a directly elected mayor um, in Limerick. I suppose I was trying to explain it to someone there recently what it is. So basically, we're replacing the CEO with a mayor who, whereas the CEO will be hired by a board and I suppose has their, their contract and they can kind of push their way through the job. Um, Whereas a mayor has to answer to the people and every five years their job will be up to up for the people to decide whether they want to keep them or not. So I think it, it, it'll hopefully, I believe it'll improve the council services um, and uh, uh, it's kind of exciting to see the names that are popping up for, for the election and the whispers of who could be going for the mayor. Five years seems a bit long, does it? Well, yeah, but if you want to get a job done, you would need five years to do is it. Is the county council elections for the people who get elected in the forthcoming county council look like? Is that five years as well? Five years as well, yeah. Is it? Tom? Well, um, I think it's going to add a lot of confusion to services and to the, to the governance of the actual of the city and of the county. You know, myself, a duplication, I think it's going to, be, it's going to have a big uh, influence here. Who's going to be in charge? Like, is it going to be the CEO, or is it going to be the mayor? And what what uh, the budgets? And I I think it's a, a pure waste of time and waste of money. And I don't see any I don't see any any advantage at all in this. Only a, a, a pile of contradictions. And if if you like, I mean, the we say we have now the we have the actual um, the 
the elections are, are due now for the local authority. When I, that is in June, in, in June, Tommy, is it? Yeah, 7th of June. Yeah, and it's great to see Tommy here tonight. He was here before us, and it's good to see a, a fresh face and a new candidate as well. I wish him all the best. And uh, But as I said, as regards the mayor, uh, it's to me, it, it isn't explained at all. I've heard a lot of different versions of it. Now it's official government. It's, it's government policy now. I think it has gone through it all. And uh, I see where, where our journal minister... Uh, Mr. O'Donnell has 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 actually taken it and bought himself to to take it through the whole uh, doll situation. But who's going to be? You see, you have a mayor. What power is he going to have? What budget is he going to have? What staff is he going to have? And where does that? Where does the existing set up? I mean, where does that stand? It also. It's, I, I'm also reliably informed now that one of our major, one of our main. Uh, positions in the council has 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 now become has has become free, and that one of our main people have left, like uh, in the in the council, and uh, that I think will be breaking shortly as well. And uh, he he would have been. I had I had a lot of praise of him here by different different councillors. The great job he was doing, and uh, he's he's now left his, the position. Or is leaving shortly. He's handed in his his papers anyway. He's leaving, and uh, so that would be another big job to be filled in a very very tricky situation there. So, adding the mayor to that now and to a, a new position in charge of finance is going to be very very difficult, and it's a very very difficult time, especially with the huge projects that Limerick City and County Council have undertaken in Limerick itself. The actual. The, the, the millions, and I mean hundreds of millions, that they have that they have borrowed now, under the different schemes, are going to be, you know, that that's going to be hard to manage, and especially now with a new, a new, um, you know, financier in position, and also he he's also assistant CEO, so that's that's going to be very 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 difficult days ahead for the for the council uh, itself, for the authority, the executive, and. With what we have seen and the, the way that the, that the existing elected officers, elected people have been have been carrying on, I really think that uh, they have the whole lot to offer now. So it is time for fresh faces and it is time for people to take it towards a look at what's happening in Limerick City and County Council. Now, would the panel agree that the new wage increase for the public services justified in how long it will remain in place regards James Holmes in a tay? Tommy, you're a bit young, but in many, many moons ago, uh, they, they say that a person working, uh, school teacher and wife, nursing, will say they could afford to build a new house and survive reasonably well. Nowadays, they tell me the school teacher and his wife, nursing, they can't hardly afford the rent of a house in Dublin, especially, or even nowadays it's gone so, the, the cost of everything has gone so high. Wages have gone up, but the costs have passed it out. And yeah. It's much more difficult to establish a home for young married couples today. It's almost well, impossible. It is, it is. Some 15 years ago, thereabouts, they were shouting, we were one of the highest owner-occupied in, in Europe, yeah. owner-occupied owning homes. I'm afraid that's flying down the ladder fairly fast. Now. It is, yeah. I mean, um, one thing I'm 
sick of doing is going to going away parties to people heading away to Australia and Dubai and like that and stuff like that. Um, just off the top of my head, the last batch that went, you had uh, two qualified agricultural science teachers, you had a qualified welder, a prior qualified journalist, qualified primary school teacher. And I kind of jokingly once one night said to them, you know, why are you going? You know, you could go traveling for a couple of months, but you don't have to pack up everything and go. But it was that kind of desperateness and looking around going, we could slave away here for the next five, ten years and still only be in a position to rent. Whereas if we go to Australia and Dubai, we can earn the money that we are owed and and uh, come back and set up a bit of a life for us. Which is sad, especially in rural Ireland. You have small communities there. Like, I mean, there's six, seven out of one small community gone. Um, you're looking at football teams that are merging, clubs are merging. It's, it's a case of people are moving out of the area because they feel there is no future for them in the area, be that moving to Dublin or moving abroad. Um, I'm assuming the gentleman is referring to the, the raise in, in the minimum wage, and I think it's right, and I think it's right, but it doesn't go far enough. Um, you have jobs there that years ago you would have said once you got into them, you were set. Uh, I know one guard in particular, I mean, guard was a job for years that people said, oh, he got a, get, get, he's a guard, it's a good job, he's set now, keeps his head down, does his work. That guard told me that only for where he is stationed, if he had been stationed to Dublin like a lot of the people when he graduated in February 2021, that uh, he, uh, he wouldn't be able to afford to live. Tom, it would, to me, seem to be out of control, that the cost of everything is much greater than the income that people can survive. The, the, the so-called middle rich, like many people would tell you that they're nearly better off to be on benefit. Well, Pat, you know, it, there is a... There Sorry, is a, Tom, again, they're going off leaving home. A lot of them around these parts are driving to Dublin, long, long distances. They're taking children out of the bed, babies, literally, and they're leaving them into babysitters and crashes, which is very expensive as well. It's rough, tough. Oh, it is, yeah. There's no doubt about it, Pat. It's, um, and I would agree with Tommy there, you know, completely, like, that, uh, that, that, that it's gone out of control as regards as regards the overall cost of of it, particularly getting a house and getting on the you know I mean settling down around the family now it's actually you know, and the options of uh, of going overseas is there still and is getting more common and more popular than ever but as regards the actual the what can be done about it I don't think that anything can be done about it because uh, inflation has been brought under under control the cost factor since the COVID and this, this, in particular since the Ukraine, Ukraine war, I mean, the cost that, 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 that were established as a direct result of that alone even across the whole realm of activity in life, we say like they haven't actually, they haven't gone back, they haven't settled down, they're, they're still there. And, uh, you know, the, the actual fact, the cost of living, the cost of renting, the cost of everything has gone sky high. But, in saying that, Pat, the, the, the people that I believe are still in a privileged position are, are the public service. They are because they are guaranteed their, their salaries. We have 385,000 of them. Like, I mean, it is, a, it is a, a frightening amount of people for a small country like this. No one begrudges anybody a career or nobody begrudges anybody like a, 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 a decent living <coughs> wage. But they, 
it's it's a protected it's the, they're a protected species like and are we getting the return from them that 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 uh, that we need or that we want I don't know are we and especially with every time that we hear any of the representatives now we've spoken to the nurses the doctors the teachers the guards everybody's saying like about that this option of going away you know I mean the, 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 the state has paid for a lot of their education I mean, and there has to be some, there has to be some system brought in where they, where people that are in the system, like teachers and guards and nurses and doctors in particular, along with other professionals as well. I mean, if they all go away, like I mean, there'll be no one here. And they, at the same time, we have a huge reaction to the health service, and we're listening to the Limerick City, the Limerick Hospital has been lambasted morning, noon, and night on that. You know, there's inquiry, there's actually public there's inquiries about incidents that happen there now and if that was that could be multiplied as well because there's incidents there every day we have we all have examples of it like so there's something right wrong with the management of our system Pat and I have like I know that these people in the public service are a protected species they're guaranteed their money their pensions and the whole lot Pat you know back over the years we've heard of showing the doctors literally ordered to work 24 hours a day and they were sleeping kind of on the job. That was, you, you were lying in a bed someplace and you called out again. So that didn't make, an, if you recall that time, a few years ago, it has improved slightly, I assume. It isn't a few years ago, Pat. It, uh, it, it can be still a factor. Up to recently. Up to recently. But Pat, that's, that's what, I've, what we have discussed in this programme here a number of times, <coughs> management of our systems and the people that are managing our, our, our ministers and their handlers in the public sector and, and the monies that, that they're earning. And, and Pat, this thing about doctors to me now, that's, that's, that is a kind of a thing that I fail to understand because we're listening all the time, oh, I, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a doctor, I want this one daughter, no, that, that, my son is a doctor now. But then when they're doctors, like, they're screaming about the, the actual conditions. Like, I mean, and this is Tom, morning, only right night. To attribute the conditions are appalling, which it is alleged that they are, and the hours. And, Pat, why are they appalling? To, compared why? to Australia, etc., and other countries. Well, I know nothing about Australia, but I was never there. We hear about them. I was never anywhere, like across the road. You here, don't have on, to be in Australia. On, on, on your own as, 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 as Tommy said, there's so yeah. many welcome back. Tommy, yeah. you, 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 what do you think of the whole situation? I think Tom's right there that management is a huge issue. Um, uh, it there seems to be in this country that the biggest issue is debt by committee. There is a committee for everything. In, do you get you have an inquiry now, and there'll be a committee formed around that, and there'll probably be a committee to decide who sits on this committee for that inquiry. Why is it in this country with all the money that we have that we can't go and find someone that knows how to do the job? I don't care whether they're from Timbuktu, Galway, Arda, wherever they're from, and put them in charge and let them run the health service or whatever department, because it is in every department in the government. There is issues and flaws. Um, it seems to me that we, we can we can find loads of people that can't do the job, but why can't we find someone who can do the job? I mean, there has to be qualifications out there. If every other country, we see countries there in, in Scandinavia that have amazing health services. Why, when a fellow there retires, can we not turn around to him and say... in Cuba, of course. Yeah. Do you, want, do you want to come over and work here? We'll pay your salary. I would have absolutely no problem as a taxpayer to see someone who has worked in a country, done the job effectively, been given the wage to do it here in this country. Tom, do you think part of the problem might be that 
about these people in charge of all these areas that a lot of them are rather than qualified for the job I, I would say they are politically qualified for the job in other words political appointments well, Paddy, I followed it, as you are well aware, and our listeners are, should be aware of, because any time we discuss the MDG issues, I followed the, the actual, um, the, the, the all debates, like, and uh, very closely, and the committees that, that are attached to the doll and uh, examine issues that, that as they come up, and I've been looking at them, even over Christmas and New Year, I've been, look, I, I've been looking at repeats and that. And uh, what you said is 100% right, Pat. The, the competence levels, you say, like, is, um, are, are at an all-time low in, in management. And that, that, that covers all realms of government and the civil service as well. And the money that, that they're earning is obscene at the top level. People at the bottom level are, are definitely need to be, they need to be an increase that's going, they need to get it and they should be. But it, this, this increase would be pro rata across TDs and ministers and the whole lot of other mind. All, all in offer at least a 10% increase plus all the pluses that go with the public sector. And you see, we're not looking at, we're looking at, first of all, we've said it Pat, in the programme here, on, on numerous okay, since, since we started the programme, why can't it train more doctors? What's the problem? Why, why has it to be that you really have to have three or four thousand pints now, and I'm exaggerating now, in order to even get into a, a, a training space? The doctors, we say, like, I mean, are, and the consultants are controlling all that. There's the same with the dentists. There's the same with... Now it nearly has come across the board, nearly to the crafts, to the trades. You can't get a, a plumber, you can't get a, a carpenter, you can't get an electrician. And never mind people that our lives depend on, people like doctors and surgeons and, and consultants. So, like, I mean, and to listen to the, the successive ministers, now, not the present alone, but successive ministers and the, and the schemes that they have brought in and the way, the, the way that they have closed down hospitals. And, Pat, another thing about it is, it's not too long ago when people, when, when nurses and doctors volunteered to come back here to this country and in actual fact, and work when when our backs were through all when they were needed, they didn't employ them. Pat, they went into agencies, they had to go to agencies, and they weren't even they couldn't even get a permanent job. They couldn't even be employed after coming back, leaving jobs overseas and coming back here. So, like you're looking here at at a situation where our management structure and our political structure here is a total disaster. But they can get away with it, Pat. That's the that important. is a fact. What Tom is <coughs> after saying. Yes, I know quite a number of those people that did come back that time of the COVID mm. and uh, finished up in Dublin to help. They were never given a job, never called in, and they, they couldn't. Their parents had to pay for their accommodation in Dublin. Well, Pat, surely they got that people now that are that are. You see, you you won't hear this discussed anyway. You see, you all the arguments are broad. They're very broad. They're, we're doing this and we're doing that and it's all going down the road. You would actually think now, listen to them, uh, the, the different ministers and, and and now we're getting a surface of junior ministers who are pe- being pushed out there into the into the fray, into the front line to, to answer these questions and the, and, and the real people hiding. And hiding there, Pat, and I know it, Pat. I know, I, I know what I'm talking about here. Like. Politics, Tom. Tommy, we're coming up to 10 o'clock. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with anything Tom has said, to be honest with you. Um, with, with that uh, 
question of people coming home and, and working here. I mean, if they were good enough to do the job when we were stuck, it's not as if the problem has gone away. Well, it might have shrunk a small bit. But what it's happened that time was there was a worldwide appeal to bring mm. come back because we had COVID, we were in yeah. danger. Many of those never even got a job when they came back. They weren't called in at all. There were, if we had someone more expertise in the matter, there's loads and loads of vacancies in different departments mm. across the health centre. They're not even filling them. Yeah. Not filling them. It's up to 10 o'clock, I think, Jason. We go to an ad break. We're back to you shortly. And just before we go, uh, good evening, Pat. Welcome back. Happy New Year to you all from Mary Butler, Capanoo, Maru, County Limerick. Mary Butler, you're a lady. And at least we got one person. Well, we got one earlier on as well from James Holmes. Mary, you're a lady, and we appreciate your kind message. And we'll go now to an ad break. We'll back to your song. And we have, I have a special, unique song to be played by Mary Coughlin when I come back just after the 10 o'clock. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 10th of January 2024 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pad O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Tommy Hartigan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, listeners. Welcome back. And just before we go to the song, there it's uh, a nurse there. A research for John McSweeney, who is missing in the Ate area of County Limerick there for a number of days. And this is a guard uh, statement. It was sent in to us by Councillor Liam Galvin, or by Shirley O'Regan to me, actually. Uh, volunteers were asked to refrain from attending tomorrow's search. And Garda Shikana have indicated that they need time and space to conduct their own technical search tomorrow with dogs and specialist equipment. Uh, that's it, really. I will update you on the situation again tomorrow evening. That's from Liam Galvin is at the bottom of that. So we hope that that's a successful, a successful outcome. And back to the, the music department. This is a song that I heard there during the Christmas on a radio station and I hadn't heard it before and the guy that played it he only heard it once in some foreign station foreign language station he said and I was speaking to a few music experts there in recent days they didn't hear it either so uh, for Pat uh, Pat Lyons in Brewery and his wife especially a few and others as well who were up at the Rambling House Nakfirna there last week and it is Pity Irish Girls Grow Up by Dolores Keane and sit back and enjoy it. The words are quite interesting and a very fine voice she had. It, it will be obviously recorded or that recording was made a long, long time ago. Due to podcast regulations, we are unable to play that track on this podcast. 
County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. That was Dolores Keane, when Irish girls grew up. And maybe listeners, you might go to the bother of sending us a message and tell us what you thought of that one between the words and the singing. And we'd like your views on that. It's a little unusual. And if it was being recorded nowadays, I'm sure it is drugs, Tom, to be talking about, not whiskey and so forth. Is it oh, <coughs> Obviously, it, it was a 60s song, I assume, and Ireland has changed even, uh, gone down the road a long way since then. Oh, it has. It has really been not a change as Pat. But the Laura Skeen, Pat, is, I, I misunderstood you there, Pat Elliott is the Laura Skeen. I'm very familiar with her. And she's a tremendous voice, tremendous singer, one of the Keen family from Carla Strand in County Galway. And um, so that's a, that was a beautiful song. I hadn't heard it, I hadn't heard it before, and I, and I certainly didn't hear her singing it before either. But she has a great repertoire of songs. and everyone to hit me, James. Tommy, you're yes. young. Does yes. it make any bit of sense to you, that song? No, it did, it did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when I was growing up, I was made quite aware by my grandparents and my parents of the way things yeah. used to be before, and even listening to that now was kind of bringing back stories yeah. that my grandfather and grandmothers would have told me about their youth growing up. It was a changing face of Ireland in the 60s, I take it. So, folks, if you have any comment on that song, as I said, 0696600 or 0876698800, that or indeed anything else as well, we'd love to hear from you. And I'm trying to find my good friend Con Crimin here. Uh, where are you going, Con? Con Crimin called. He has a copy of the Irish Constitution. The new only mention of women in the home is Article 41. The vote later on this year is trying to get rid of this mention. Please discuss. Have you 41 over there, Tommy? I do. Uh, Is it long? No. Um, This one? I have another one here. No, I'm not sure which I'll pull in first. I'll take this one. It's from Shirley. Uh, she signs her name Shirley anyway, whatever Shirley she is. The National Women's Council and several other high-profile NGOs, non-government organisations, has announced its intention to support the government in the forthcoming referendum supporting the deletion of the biological woman in the terms mother and family from the Constitution. Having no consideration for the hard one equality of rights secured for them over many years, Inserting a gender-neutral term in the Constitution could also have unforeseen effects on policy and entitlements already enshrined in Irish law. How does the panel feel about this? Is there a need to amend the Constitution in this way, or is it virtue signalling with harm for far-reaching consequences? I think I'll read that twice for, for anyone who's taking it serious or listening to it. It's a very, very serious topic, and Khan's part of it there in, in the Constitution on, on, on no, 41. The National Women's Council and several other high-profile NGOs, that's non-government organizations, has announced... We heard plenty about National Women's Council there indeed during the year as well. Has announced its intention to support the government in the forthcoming referendum supporting the deletion of the biological woman and the terms mother and family from the Constitution. 
having no consideration for the hard-winning quality and rights secured for them over many years, inserting a gender-neutral term in the Constitution could also have unforeseen effects on policy and entitlements already enshrined in Irish law. How does the panel feel about this? Is there a need to amend the Constitution in this way? Or is it virtue signalling with harmful and far-reaching consequences? Shirley, thank you much for that, Shirley. If you want to bother, and also thanks, Con Kremen also. Tell me the wording of it. So they're referring to Article 41, Section 3, Paragraph 1, which deals with marriage and reference to marriage being the institution on which the family is founded. Uh, the, proposed, the proposed 40th Amendment of the Constitution would entirely delete Ac Article 41, Section 2, which refers to, quote, life within the home and says that the mother shall not be obliged by economic necessity to engage in labour to the neglect of her duties at home. The proposed Article 42B, which would state, the state recognises that the provision of care by members of a family to one another by reason of bonds that exist among them gives to society a support without which the common good cannot be achieved and shall strive to support such provisions. Now, if you're going no, to wrap your around that. Well, Patty, this is a complicated referendum. I, I, I personally, like, don't see any huge emergency that it has, that, that it has to be carried out at all myself. Uh, there's, there, there is, of course, like everything else, like abortion, like other issues concerning women. There is, um, there are different, definitely, I mean, people, organisations that have a huge say, uh, and in how we really, how they, how they want us to live our lives, and uh, the whole, the whole concept of family life, motherhood. The, the female position is unbelievably under stress, under pressure now, and again, this, this adds to it. And Pat, if you look at it, and we've spoken about it here, and I'm not repeating myself here, about the citizens, uh, the citizens dial that, 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 that we have, that, that I think they have already taken this on board as well, and they're recommending it now to, to, to what is the idea of it? I don't know, Pat. There is no need of it. We have huge problems in the country, mighty problems. What this is meant to do is to undermine marriage, undermine women, undermine the f family, and the whole the whole situation about about life as we go on and where it's going to end. I don't know, Pat. Or what's the what's the who actually are the driving force behind this? What, what advantage has the government, or who, who in the government is pushing it from <coughs> the point of view, and for what reasons? And, you see, it's not a government issue that's been pushed. They're being pushed by agencies and by people that like the Citizens' Assembly and people with a vested interest, like, always behind the scenes, and now they're only coming to light. And I, many within the country and many without, I suppose, Tom. Oh, well, exactly, Pat. I think it's a shocking situation anyway, that the Constitution, that we have to, that I, I don't see anything wrong with that in the Constitution. What about it? I mean, it, it, it's, it's no it, it's no reflection on women that are places in the home. Like, I mean, we know that the people are, no, that women are no longer, like, I mean, in the home all the time. They, certainly, they, we know that they're, that, they're, that they're the family creator. And what's all this about, like? 
I mean, there's no need of it. I mean, people know people have to go out and work. Um, we spoke about it already. If we have to get, if we have to farm a family situation, uh, do I want to get rid of? Do I want to get rid of the family, which are as a stated fact or not? It looks like as if they do. So that they, they looked. I mean, the whole gender situation is kind of out of control now, nearly as regards of, and you can't discuss this or you can't have it without thinking of Anna Burke who's in jail about Port Leash or, or somewhere else a man that has stood by his principles and his family and we have to admit and I have to I, it has to be mentioned here tonight as well and then we have to wish him well and wish him that he'll be that, that he'll be cleared and exonerated and he'll be compensated as well Now Tommy I suppose I'm going to shoot straight down the middle with this one um, I can understand Tom's point of view where are we sacrificing history and tradition for the sake of being seen as woke and moving forward when in reality the terms of it while some women may find offensive really has little to no impact on the day-to-day lives of of citizens um, I suppose another angle that I was reading there is that they want to kind of change what is seen as the standard family as by the state so that it allows then for, uh, I suppose, what you would call unconventional families to uh, be recognised in the state is the same way as, as the conventional families as listed in the Constitution are. So there's, there's for and against. I myself haven't my mind made up yet, but I definitely think that if we start doing stuff like this, we're going down a slippery slope of sacrificing tradition and history for the sake of being looking cool on the international stage. Holy Ireland is dead and gone. Is that what to say, Tom? Well, it might be dead and gone, Pat, but I, I, I agree hundred percent there with Tommy. You know, he has, he has outlined it like I mean, from a, from a different perspective, and and, and there is, you see, I'm worried about the the urgency of this and the need of it, and because as we already said, we have huge problems in the country, and why this is going to take up now a lot of government time is going to cost a lot of money, and we're going to have a lot of people jumping on board like we had for the for the adoption. Or for the refer- for the Boston referendum, and we see what how, how that went, and we see how, how the result of it. So now, I mean, I would ask people definitely, from my opinion, for the what be very careful here because change they say for the sake of change, no need. Minority groups seem to be well uh, making good headway. It would seem anyhow. This is the warning factor, Pat. Minority, minority growth that we've spoken about in this program, I've never discussed anywhere the influences that, that they have at, at government level. Nobody's standing up and be counted. They're, they're, hit, they're faceless people, most of them. They come with this women's committee and that committee and this association and that association and the famous citizens' assembly. They're all the people now that appear to be making our change in our constitution, I think, which is which has stood the test of time. And uh, I think that uh, it, it's actually, I don't think it would happen even in Russia. What's, what, what they're contemplating here. And as I, I, I've mentioned here on the programme myself, even the, the, the silent listeners or the silent people, they are the ones that are literally silent and uh, fair dues to the people, the small grouping that are vocal and active, while th- th- there is a lot of sleeping people about, and we've seen that over the years on different matters. And I suppose, as one said one time, I'm all right, Jack, so once it didn't affect me, it didn't bother Barney. 
now we have a number of mistresses here. Um, I shall take them uh, one above that. None of us call us said she paid an electrician 350 for one day's work. I don't like this uh, anonymous callers. We've got a pile of them tonight. Want people who want to put down names and the thing, you know, but it's better than no call at all. But again, if people are, are afraid to, to stand over their views, it is, I would consider it disappointing. But then again, maybe you're a lot cuter than Tom Reiner and I are because we paid the price for being outspoken and not hiding behind a false name or no name. Uh, county councillor yeah. what do you make of the Fianna Fáil councillor whose house was raided by Gardaí a few days ago bearing in mind the Gardaí had no issue with the councillor in Limerick who suggested shooting people who took part in the writing in Dublin this is political p policing in my view and that's by somebody who didn't like to put his name behind the comments the comments are quite valid I think there was quite a number of houses raided around the Galway area after the burning of the hotel and the Fianna Fáil and the heads in, uh, attacked their own politicians. There was another politician down in Fermi who came out very strong as well, and he said he, he was there representing the people, the views of the people, and he wasn't going to be silenced, and he spoke up as well. But I think there's a very valid point in that, that we had a, a Fianna Fáil council inside the Nimerick City who did say, at a county council meeting, I believe it was said, that the people who were writing in Dublin should be shot dead. Yes? Tommy? Uh, Are you familiar with that? Outrageous. Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry, Jason. I should have left taking the cap off my eyes. And it's an ad break time. We've been passed out, so we'll be late. Never be back to you shortly. We'll continue that when we come back. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 10th of January 2024 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pad O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Tommy Hartigan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back. Welcome back. Now, where were we, Tommy? We were talking about. We were talking about uh, was a councillor wanting to shoot people in Dublin or something. Shoot them, he said. Yeah. Shoot them. Yeah. That was a Limerick City councillor said they should be shot at a council meeting. I believe it was at a council meeting. That statement was made, and there was very little about it. Yet, uh, politicians, councillors up in Galway, who were speaking out their mind, and didn't didn't recommend that anyone should be shot. They had their houses raided. Well, I think if if politicians want the positions, they need to hold themselves to a higher standard. I was only listening to a podcast today where a man was warning people about when they were giving speeches that if people look up to you or you're in a position where they have to listen to what you say, you have to be careful of what you say. 
Uh, I think that was a bit of a reckless statement to make, to be honest. Uh, we all have our own opinions of what happened in Dublin that night. Uh, I myself think it was an absolute disgrace. Um, and uh, I definitely, if it happened in Limerick City, um, I, I would, I, and I found out that someone was involved in it, I would be cut in contact with them fairly quickly. Um, but with regards to that, I think that that uh, individual councillor might want to be a bit more careful making statements like that. It's one thing saying it in, at the counter in the pub or in the kitchen at home, but when you're saying it in a public forum like a, like a council meeting, um, there, there's people who are qualified in, in these matters of justice, etc. And I think that the commentary of, of that kind of thing should be left to them. Tom, there's uh, some statement to make in, in the Limerick County Council one now. That uh, was very inflammatory, Pat, and, and definitely uh, he should be apologising straight away for that. Uh, you know, just at least, you know, the, the whole scenario, Pat, uh, here about the Dublin situation and uh, the, um, the rights in Dublin and um, the, the, the perpetrators and the organisers of that, Say is another area that hasn't been hasn't been either since then we've had nothing about it really we were talking for the last for the first couple of days they were calling all sorts of names in Dublin they were calling toes and everything you could think of every name you would think of and uh, the far right was a huge threat now to everything and you would ac- actually wonder Pat you'd wonder now like the position about it is how reactionary our leaders are. You know, because, like, nobody appears to be able to plan anything or see anything before it happens. It's all reaction, and it's all... And it's all forgotten about, you know, to be honest about it. And, Pat, there is serious issues, Pat, coming down the line here that we want to be looking at as well. Uh, issues now, like, no law has been introduced without going through the doll. There's, a, there's an actually there now that after bringing in a, a kind of a drastic planning situation now that you can that you can build without anyone uh, without actually planning permission the, the, the authorities that they can build. There's also a huge issue with RT and what's going to happen and, and the funding of them and that's all about control Pat and it's all about management and it's a very worrying it's, a, it's like the referendum that we spoke about already the the, 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 the worrying uh, issue that, that is happening if we, if we look down the road but nobody in this country wants to look down the road our leaders who are elected who are, and that is the point about it, but we can't actually hear, we, we criticise our elected representatives here, but they are all elected, Pat, every one of them. Now, uh, the lower screen has unique vices, does our brother Sean, and you might play Journey Round the Sun next week. Somebody without a name. And Ida Hishon called, liked that Laura Keane song, but there was, nicer, uh, there was a nicer one. Ida mentioned Irish roving by. So we'll see, can we find that for you next week or the week after, uh, Ida? Happy New Year to y'all. Hadn't heard that song before uh, from somebody who forgot his name. Paddy Crowley wants to wish Pat, Tom and Tommy and Jason a happy new year thank you Paddy thank you happy new year to yourself indeed and happy new year to you all Pat I hadn't heard that song either enjoying the program as always Pat Mack in Tulla Quinn County Clare Pat a very talented musician indeed himself now watching the television and I, I found it hilarious uh, interesting and 
I have a mind of my own. But watching the news and watching it was on whatever comes on after the news last night, Tom, I think it was, there's a, a lane when Dublin Street was the base of it, was a street, it was a lane. It went from one busy, from O'Connor Street to another street, and then there was a turn off in the middle of it, it brought you on to Abbey Street. So it was well used, well abused as well. So I've seen this happening here over the years, where, <coughs> and I have been saying for a long time, nobody agrees with me, of course, that there is literally a breakdown in law and order, that the Gaudi are not able or they don't have the numbers to control what's going on. Uh, here in Newcastle West, we had a nice little walk down by the river, and we had two or three seats, and they were taken away because of antisocial behaviour. And there was another nice walk in by the river there on South Quay. And there was a gate put up in the front of it. There was another steps coming off of Sumter Park. And they put up a gate at the bottom of it uh, to stop people from going up and down at night time. And then we, we move on to Dublin anyway last night. The Dublin City Council decided to, to put gates into the streets and block them off completely because of drug, drug taking, sexual activity, litter, Pilot usage on the lane, etc. This is in the heart of Dublin City. Nice lanes that should be well developed and well used. Kilkenny is one of the places that stands out as beautiful little lanes connecting different streets and things in Kilkenny. But in Dublin, even though the minister said she has full control of the city and there's no fear of anyone in Dublin, it's quite safe to walk it, yet they're blocking up streets and laneways because they cannot control or police due to antisocial behaviour, which is the new thing they call it now, is antisocial behaviour. Yeah, I suppose that brings us back to the, the issue that we discussed the last night. I was on here as well. Uh, a force that's exhausted, bogged down with paperwork, doesn't have time to be out on the streets. And when they are out on the streets, they're not only looking over their own shoulder for the people that they're supposed to be out arresting, but looking over their shoulder for a camera that's at the wrong angle or catching them out in a bad in a bad um bad light um i understand what they mean um with my with my job i would be a lot in cork and limerick city <coughs> and people would often say of you know oh you're better off going early in the morning because you know all the ones that cause the trouble are in bed they're not they're they're, they're still wandering around the streets at seven eight o'clock in the morning um, there's been a few situations where i am not ashamed to admit it I would sit in the van, I would be able to see where I'm going, where I'm supposed to be going, but because of the people that are in the area, I would sit in the van and try and outweigh them for them to, to move on so I can go and do my work. Um, I suppose this issue is it's ongoing, and, and Tom referred to reactionism with the government, that everything seems to be a reaction to something. It always seems to be the case in this country that we always wait until it's too late to do something. We take the bad bend out of the road when someone gets killed. We put the street light up when someone gets knocked down. Um, and I think if we don't do something drastic now, I dread to think what would face my generation when we get to, to the age of yourselves, um, looking out onto the street, you know, if, 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 we're, if we're afraid to walk the streets now, what's it going to be like in 20 years' time? Because there is absolutely no fear of law and order in this country at the moment. So, Tom... They basically handed over to drug dealers and the likes to say we can't police it, so we close it up completely. So who, 
Who's winning? Well, Pat, you've um, you've mentioned it here, and particularly, particularly even uh, the local issues that you brought up there. Is this is throwing the baby out of the bathwater? Like that is what it's all about. It's about the, uh, not able to not having the the, the, the foresight to uh, to ensure that there's something done about it, and that it's it's an ongoing situation. The businesses in Dublin are 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 and all over the country. Now let's not target Dublin alone I mean you have that Limerick City you have it in you, you have it in Galway now really and you have it in all the cities and towns and villages now and small I mean and I mean county towns like Newcastle West you have mentioned there are four different situations and nobody you see Pat nobody has to accept or will be responsible for this nobody has to say look that's my fault and that is our problem across the board, Pat, in all areas here of, of how, how we do our business in Ireland. You have mentioned it here. We've spoken about law and order. We've spoken about antisocial behaviour. I mean, up in our capital city, where people now are afraid to walk by day, that's my minute. And ongoing outright drug dealing, it's in Limerick City, so a friend of mine, witness is all the time in the city around Limerick, around the station in Limerick, wholesale drug taking, drug uh, buying, and has rang the guards on numerous occasions because they have a business there, like, and nothing done about it. But the day that, that the minister came down, they were all running shop. Like, I mean, they were, they, they were going to, these were a couple of businesses there. But ongoing, you see, the local garden management plus the civic authority, which is our city and county council, they are responsible, Pat, for the actual running of the city. They are responsible for the condition of the city. They are, if, if a building collapses, they are responsible for that because they should ensure that there's derelict building. So you have absolutely no management, no one in charge, but they're all on big salaries, big pensions, and only waiting to go to the next the next job, like we have at the moment, no Limerick City again, Limerick City being. So, like, that's what you're dealing with. And as Tommy has rightly said, problem getting worse. You saw it, Pat, you're around long enough. I'm around Limerick City all my life, and I can see the how it deteriorates. You can see the, the you can see the the obvious areas that need to be looked after. What are the guys doing? We spoke here, Pat, on numerous occasions to our local representatives that, that meet the Garda management on a monthly or a three-monthly basis. We were told the last day that they wouldn't meet them at all, that they have all the questions in. You know, so I mean, who is actually... Yeah. I'm that was a complete change. Yes. You could go in and ask questions. Now they've sent in the questions in advance. But, Pat, how long are they asking the questions? Is anyone coming back and said, well, that question was asked the last day. What have you done about it? Nobody is in charge. And that, and but we have, but that can be, as Tommy has rightly said there tonight, all Gardaí are looking over their shoulders. We have, how many Gardaí have we out been suspended at, at the moment by their own management? Two and three years being suspended for minuscule, absolutely pettiness. And, and we're talking about we shot the guards. They're well able to do that. They're well able to call in these special units in Dublin to examine people and to, and to threaten them. 
and to go into their houses and raid their houses in the morning and go through their phones and go through their bank accounts. What are they? What are they actually doing about 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 the real problems that are out there in the streets and day and night and in the different housing estates? Nothing. Only only reaction to what's happening with all and all politicians walking around in or safe to walk around Dublin and about twenty yards around her. Yeah, it's easy for them to say when they have their own little army looking after them walking around the place. Yeah, I Yeah, going back a few years, anyone who knows me will know this. I was assaulted inside in town one night after a night out. Um, group set on a group of us and long story short ambulance drive any 16 hours inside waiting to get stitches blah 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 i'd say the most effort that was put in like you were looking at a night where there was the bones of four or five hundred people between the ages of kind of 17 18 19 20 all down by the milk market center the first guard we saw was three hours into our waiting a and e there wasn't a single squad car out patrolling God above, you don't have to be, you don't have to have a doctorate in modern policing to realise. They're cut. No. no, 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 we were told there was no security cameras in the area. I went back to school and spoke to a teacher whose wife had a shop down there. And he asked me where it happened. And he told me his wife had cameras in the shop and that faced that area. Calling. But I'm familiar with that carry on from the guards myself, the little close cases. Just close. As the late Paddy Vincent said one time in a bit of a robbery, the guard came out, he took the details and he closed the book. God rest you, Paddy Benson. Paddy Benson said, and that's what will stay inside in the book. Now, does a lady here, Mary in Ratkill, agree with Tommy about we being reactive in the manner in which we deal with issues in Ireland? Nothing is done unless tragedy forces action. We have very poor leadership in this country. I suppose to go back there, in case any of my family that are guards are that are listening, uh, we're not painting all guards with the same brush. There is good guards there, but just management and bad old practices is what's hindering them. Well, you see, the actual, the current situation anyway doesn't, uh, you know, it's nearly impossible for the guard, for the, the guard, you know, on the beat, which are no longer there, but even in the in controls, you know, like, I mean, in, it's impossible for them to do the job. And we'll go to that break and back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 10th of January 2024 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pad O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Tommy Hartigan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors. TOD.ie uh, Welcome back, folks. Leo Dogan called about the Middle East. Leo wants to call the Leo wants to call the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu before he is finished 
he is going to land the Middle East with a war, firing rockets and ships into the Red Sea. In the Red Sea, the Israelis have wanted to have a go at the Iranians for years and drag the EU and the USA into the war. Uh, speaking to a few men from all kinds of places there recently, and it would seem that the American would have gone way down the scale uh, in people's opinion of, of a country that the respect of the USA would have gone way down the line. And just while I think of it here now, Kevin Barry, I mentioned him here sometime before Christmas. He was the the nephew of Kevin Barry, who was hanged in Mount Chai on the 1st of November in 1920. He was here on the radio station with a few times. His mother, Kevin, the man that died here at Christmas time, his mother came from Ballingarry here in Limerick. And he passed away. He gave various talks about family history and about Kevin Barry, uh, the young lad of 18 who was hanged on the 1st of November 1920. Sadly, he passed away. Another quickie one there is scams. Uh, Tom knows not about scans because his phone doesn't acknowledge them. My phone does, and Tommy, yours does as well. I'm getting scam messages morning, noon, and night. Talking about a breakdown of law and order. You have all kinds of experts, computer geniuses, everything, and yet this thing is happening non-stop. I don't know how many billion has supposed to be taken out of people's accounts in the past number of years. I'll tell you a good one. I had a scammer leave me a voicemail today. Yeah. I got a text message saying you have a voicemail so I dialed 171 and I listened to the voicemail and it was a fella letting me know to ring him back that I was after winning a, a big prize in the lottery in Italy and I was to give him a ring back so I could claim my prize. So <laughs> I've never been to Italy so I definitely didn't enter a lotto there. So the, the, when you ring back that number then to be costing so be costing you. And, uh, and he'd be collecting money on the other And side. I got two text messages. I'd say in the last 48 hours now I've gotten two phone calls and about three text messages well, for I'm various different things. I'm concerned in the fact that there is so much of it. A lot of older people, a lot of younger people yeah. as well because they're so so good at it now. Mm. And of course we had the Bitcoin there yesterday. Yeah. They infiltrated that system as well and cut loads of people again. Well, it, It's a big thing now, especially with people my age and kind of older as well that they just don't answer the phone anymore. They don't answer these. If you don't know the person, I don't answer the phone. But if you, like, you kind of just wait and see if they leave a text message or, or a phone call. Do you think there's a danger even in answering the phone? Oh, I'd say so, yeah. For a number that you don't know? Yeah, I, w- I would think, because once they get in, I was speaking to a friend who used to work in one of these call centres, one of the legitimate ones years ago that yeah. would be ringing around off new insurance and stuff like that. And um, he was saying that basically the scams have nearly run that business out the window completely. That between the internet now and the scams, he said it's nearly 50-50, that there's just no point in these call centres ringing any, anymore. I got one yesterday, somebody else got one as well I was talking to. It was gov, i.e. two dots, whereas government, I believe, is government dot, i.e. Yeah, you're eligible for an emergency benefits scheme, That's I, the one, I, yeah. Yeah, 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 I got the exact right, same yeah. one today yeah. at uh, five past eight. It bamboozles me, as I said, with, I know, the, the, the police force to have all kinds of experts, mm. computer experts, etc. But these people are running rampant. Yeah, it, yeah. And many people. They're completely unchecked, but it, it's, it's that crime where they're literally, it's like, it's like cyberbullying. They're hiding behind the screen. You're going on about those anonymous text messages and opinions and voices and questions coming in. It's the same thing for the guards. Like, they can trace them, but if they were to trace down every single one, they'd be at it all day and they'd get nothing else done. 
Tom mentioned Enoch Burke there a while ago, and there was quite a bit flying around there at Christmas time where uh, Finnegal TD was uh, uh, questioned by the, uh, the, uh, uh, some members of the Burke family while he was shopping on Christmas Eve in uh, Castle Bar. And among the many things, I the question, the appointment which had been condemned of a particular judge that jailed him there at Christmas time. And Michal Martin and other politicians had also condemned the manner in which that judge had been appointed. But further that also, they pointed out that uh, <coughs> didn't, apart from standing outside the gate, he was in jail for Christmas. And as Tom referred to earlier, the guys who burdened police cars, guard cars, and buses above in the streets of Dublin, not one of them was even brought into jail for one night or one day. It doesn't add up too well, does it? Justice when it suits, justice when it's popular, whatever way you want to call it. Um, it was easy for them to jail Enoch. Um, I can't say I dis- I'd agree with his uh, methods, but um, they jailed him because it was easy, it was popular. Whereas if you're running into an election year and your party is strongly reliant on the the, the Dublin city to deliver your, your seats and your numbers, sending in paddy wagons, rounding up dozens if not hundreds of individuals and bringing them in and locking them up in a cell and they holding them. They didn't even remand one in custody. No, I, I remember watching the news the following day and they, they mentioned a name and we'll say it was Tommy Hartigan. Uh, was arrested because uh, he went home and brought back a school bag with machetes, hatchets and knives. And they showed a video of him on, I think it was one of the news stations, of him walking out of the courthouse the next day. So he was converted, in other words? Yeah. Oh, he was sorted. He got his he got his warning and he was scared. That man was not going carving up... You saw the rights in Dublin, Tom. People phoned me that even around 20 to 9, thereabouts, put on Sky News, put on BBC. They were showing the burning buses and county cars. Put on RT and they were showing Fair City or something like that, and the nine o'clock news come on. Nine o'clock held RT, then were complimenting themselves on the wonderful covers they gave us. Well, you see, Pat, this is what we're talking about all the time, and people say to me, you're always critical of the government. They run the country, Pat. I mean, they're, they're, they're the management of, the, of this country, which is only a very, very small country with a population of five million. I mean, that should be very easily ran and ran. Pr- properly but when you have you see when your focus is on other issues like we have referendums now about the women's position in the home about our plan about changing our planning laws to suit the effort to suit themselves in other words that they can get their own laws that they can get their own uh, areas i mean covered and looked after and when they're talking about about controlling RT in other words what they'll give them uh, you have to sing from the same hymn sheet but you see Pat the issues the real issues are not being tackled at all like the rights in Dublin like the actual the, the, the number of Gardaí the training of the Gardaí the preparation for all this and nobody but there's nobody held to account you see Pat at the end of the day if Pat you have a very experienced man with management in company uh, in company management both in both uh, international companies and your own company and you have to be able to make decisions and if you don't well then you, there, there is a price there is a consequence to that but here in this country there's no consequence to anything 
as regards the public sector or how they're under how they're under affairs. But it's all talk and wind and 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 blame and roaring and shouting. Now they're, they've gone out to the television that you can't even turn on a debate. They're all roaring and shouting one another, and all all just an act, Pat. These people are, are, not, are incompetent individuals, Pat, and I deal with them at face, up to face to face. You have no idea of the cover-ups, the corruption, and the, the bad management that this country now, is Tom, being supported. Contradict you there, because I am fully familiar with cover-ups and corruption among those big bodies, as we shall call them. Now, and talking about corruption and cover-ups. You watched the television programme you told me there last night on the BBC, Mr Bates versus the Post Office. We mentioned it here a few times over the years, the way people, the, the, the system. It was the most watched programme in television over Christmas time or just after Christmas time. It has taken over all newspapers in England today. Every newspaper had it in its headlines. But it was an independent television company who did a documentary to bring it to a head where six people committed suicide. Pregnant women were put into jail by the post office who pursued the cases against them. Knowingly, it would seem, that it was a computer false system but that uh, the brand of uh, post office in England was greater than any individuals. It kind of sums it up, Tom, does it, along the line? Well, Pat, like, I remember this when it happened initially, and uh, I, I, I heard it being discussed like with, uh, with, with uh, the people that were victims here, the, the postmistresses and the, and the postmasters at that particular time. And I was very concerned about it myself. I, it, it, the, the debate actually affected me now. I said, how are these people? I mean, this is something radically wrong here. And, and again, Pat, it's a, an absolute disgrace, and it shows you about British law, like, and we had and no one in no one in the world have have a better a better version of British law than Ireland, and, and victims of British law. But now it's that they have perpetrators on their own people, and the judiciary that put those people to jail. Plus the people that, that, that are now sitting in the House of Commons and the people that elected them to the House of Commons, they, they were very quiet about all this and didn't do nothing about it and didn't believe the victims. They didn't believe the people. 25 years went on. 25 years, Pat, of, of horrific, pre, of horrific, I mean, it is actually a commercial terrorism, Pat, that's what it is, perpetrated by the British and their system, and they should hang their heads in shame. Tonight they're talking about giving £600,000 to each each of the people, seven or 800 people that were victims. Can you imagine the judiciary that, that, let, that let those people go through and and the, the and to, to make matters worse then to give the head of the post office then an MBE or whatever you call it over that she might have to hand back now well it, she should be in actually Warren Wood scrubs not the people that were sent up at now that particular topic in the post office and Tom's comments there in relation to reminds me of a situation here in Newcastle West many years ago <coughs> a well known gentleman uh, there was some buildings taking place and he was objecting to it. He was a professional man, shall I say, and he was giving me the bullets to fire at the time, which I was doing on his behalf. And then I said to him, that is ready to go. Now I said, 
newspaper in question is going to publish it. They have been onto their solicitors and barristers in London. All they want now is a statement from you. Oh, he said, I'm not making any statement. And I said to him, he didn't speak to me for a number of years after his dead since. <clears throat> but I said, you know something? It's because of people like you that had the power and in the know allowed people in industrial places like Glynn, etc., to be treated the way they were because the likes of you kept your eyes closed and your mouth shut. And that was the size of it. They have no respect for the small man, how you pull it down and roll over. I'll pat him a victim yet myself, Pat. Now, but Jason says pat, two fingers up. Just yes. one second, Pat, before I go on. I, I, I have to just make it one, one little comment here. It has to be and fast. It will be short, Pat. I just want to say to our listeners in Clare, Happy New Year. We have a great amount of listeners in Clare, the programme and the station, and particularly the good wishes that we got on, on at Lower, at the Kilfenor on Saturday night, uh, especially uh, they were very complimentary on Mike Barrett's programme, their great traditional music, and Mike has a great programme. And I'd also like to send uh, to a, a good friend of mine now, a special New Year's wish to uh, and for good health to Joe Brady and his good wife in Kilkishan. Joe has been is a wonderful, a wonderful man, great GM man and musician, and uh, I wish him all the best from from myself and all but the people that associated with me, and especially the station. And so thanks for all my our listeners. Thanks to Tommy Hartigan, an independent candidate in the Ratkeel electoral area in the forthcoming election in June and my thanks to Tom Ryan also and Jason and take care folks and that Joe Grady that he mentioned there, the education man, I know him as well and we have many many silent listeners so hopefully this 2024 will be the year you might wake up a little 102 FM. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on Westlandwick 102 FM on the 10th of January 2024 from 9.30 to 11pm. Tommy Hartigan joined Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, TOD.ie.